0: The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over a 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumba. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
2: Hello and welcome to the inaugural edition of Wrestling 411 Radio. I'm your host, Kyle Klingman. Join with me, Jason Bryant, and Jason. This is a show that we have been waiting for for a long time, and it's finally here. November 11th, history
0: is being made. Wrestling 411 Radio, history being made. It's it's quite interesting to say the least. Uh, 1111 was the date we started on this, and what do you know? It's 1111, and we're here. It's 411. And Kyle is going to give us a rundown, basically, of how this is working and how it integrates into our Wrestling 411 television show and the Wrestling411.tv website. Well, I think the great thing about this, Jason, is that we have three unique components, and
2: this is what is going to separate Wrestling 411 from other websites. From other wrestling entities, and that we have everything. We're going to have television, we're going to have radio, which you're listening to right now, and we're going to have the internet component, which there's going to be fresh content on the website every single day. I think this is a unique aspect of wrestling that we've never had before, and it all comes down to one thing. This is our story, Jason,
0: and we're going to tell it our way. Absolutely. That's one thing we came up with when, uh, basically brainstorming for this idea a couple months ago when they brought you and I aboard and it's something I'm excited for. I moved out from Pennsylvania and, you know, I left a very, very, uh, very fun job at InterMAT and uh, to come over here, basically help Pioneer Wrestling 411. I'm heading up the television aspect of it and the back-end production. Which you see here, Kyle is basically our, our radio guy. He's... The man controlling the content, lining up our guests and doing all the work there. Also taking control of the website, writing some really exclusive content you can get there. Matter of fact, today, Darian Caldwell was featured as he got a chance to talk to the prolific pinner out of Raleigh, North Carolina, and the NC State Wolfpack, and according to a text message I just got, he's already put it up on his Facebook profile. So we're hitting we're hitting the kids already. So I'm pretty excited to get this season rolling, and we had a great weekend of wrestling to kick off too. Well, let's talk about it a little bit, Jason,
2: and kind of our backgrounds and why we're here. Of course, you talked about it. You were in on and you did a great job with the rankings and making sure everyone was up to date. You came here from Pennsylvania to be part of this. I actually came from the Dan Gable International Wrestling Institute Museum. I was with that organization for six years, have jumped on board with this because I believe in revision and I believe in the product, and I like the idea that this is the story of wrestling. We get to tell it our way, and this is a, a unique way for us to bring
0: wrestling to the masses and give them the product that they want. Absolutely. It's, it's one thing we've got all these great video content things going around, but you we'll know, say wrestling's done some good stuff. Pro wrestling's done some good stuff. The Matt's done some good stuff. You know, intermats done some good stuff. Wrestling. Everybody's doing good things. And the component we add to it is we've got television, first and foremost. That's something you cannot really find wrestling anywhere, save the actually very well-produced Big Ten Network broadcast, which, are, you know, we went out Friday nights and watched the Big Ten Network. Uh, you know, on Friday nights, Friday night, we meet a bunch of friends we got together. Those are good. ESPNU and their coverage of the NCAA championships the last couple of years has been very good, but what we're, we're adding is a highlight element to it. Basically, your sports center of wrestling, not necessarily to uh, steal a copyright by any means of, of ESPN's sure. product, but that's what we're here to do as far as the television aspect goes. And on the radio, provide some timely information, some some commentary that you won't really hear anywhere else, and keep it up to date, keep it fresh. And, of course, with the website, with the podcast downloads, you can download this show. If you're listening right now you can, and you miss it, you can go back and you missed our intro, you can download it off the website on Wrestling411.tv. And there's a lot of different things we're going to be adding to Wrestling 411 that we haven't actually showed our hand with yet. So one of those is going to be coming uh, as an archive of this broadcast, so I'm pretty excited about it. I'm excited, too. And, of course,
2: this comes under Media Sports Productions, and the concept is we want to promote these sports like wrestling, like track and field, like potentially field hockey, some of these sports that don't get the recognition, and market them and promote them in a way that we seem to be fitting and this is kind of the prototype right now Jason we're using Wrestling as a platform to show people this is going to work and the only Do it is with support from the wrestling community, and we're going to talk about that right now because we can't have Wrestling 411 without support. And someone who supported the show big time is our first guest of the night, first guest on our inaugural show, and that is Tom Brands, head wrestling coach of the University of Iowa. They won the 2008 NCAA championships in St. Louis. He's going to be on tonight, but it's important to know.
0: But Tom Brands is also a of the show. Absolutely. He's one of many coaches we've got. We're listing them, and, you know, we'll see them all on the website. We'll see them on the show. We'll hear them on the show. We've got spots for everybody, basically, and everybody that's basically bent over and backwards and helped us. Well, wow, that sounded real bad. <laughs> but if you bent over backwards and helped <laughs> us out here, hey, first slip of the day, you never know. Uh, we really appreciate that. And without those coaches and those support and those donors, uh, we wouldn't be sitting here now. We took a chance on this. And we think it can work. That's why we took a chance. I mean, you were we the Golden Museum. I was with the NWCA. And we were both in, in very good spots to promote wrestling. Yes. But, you know, there's something else there that I think we both – uh, can bring to the masses here and that's something we're really excited about and, the, and it's going to be
2: content driven it's going to be driven by our guests it's going to be driven by the issues that are pertinent in wrestling so this is really a comprehensive show that we want to cover a lot eventually we're going to have call-ins so people can interact we can have message boards so people can talk and we can interact with people on what is important in wrestling and we do have a story jason that i know that you have written about, and it is important, and that is the uh, Westwood situation that uh, occurred recently in Iowa with an accident of five young wrestlers.
0: Absolutely. It was uh, an unfortunate accident. It happened on Saturday morning on uh, Iowa State Highway 141, a very well-traveled stretch of road from what I understand, and five wrestlers and a coach from the Westwood Community School District were involved in a fatal accident. They were on a head-on collision with another driver. Unfortunately, the driver of the vehicle that struck the van in which the wrestlers were in uh, was killed and that was an unfortunate loss of course a a parent of a Westwood school district student so it's hitting both sides five wrestlers involved our thoughts and prayers go out to them we mentioned this on Wrestling 411 the website we also mentioned it on the Bryant blog and it's been out everywhere and the response has been very good I know that uh, Penn State has been in contact when they're going to send some things along i've sent it out to most of the major coaches in the country and i know missouri has also said they're going to to send it out and get people out but how you can help is if uh, you want to send some cards or well wishes out it's westwood community school district 1000 rebel way sloan iowa 5100 excuse me 51055 so information on that is available both at Wrestling411.tv and, of course, the Bryant blog at BryantWrestling.com. But, you know, five little communities feed into this high school where a, a senior class that's very large is considered 75 students. And these are five towns I had never previously heard of, but wrestling's so tight-knit, I hadn't heard of any of these towns. Yet I knew two Westwood graduates already and not, not aware of that. And, and Amanda Dahl, the former uh, Wrestling SID at Iowa State and a former University of Northern Iowa wrestler, Jeff Harrison, so people might know that name, Jeff Harrison. Yeah, that's his community, and it's struck it's that community pretty hard. You know, it's one thing. If you want to send out some cards or well wishes, again, address is 1000 Rebel Way, Sloan. It's S L O A N, Iowa 51055. That's the Westwood Community School District, and that's K-12 under one roof. So these are the five communities that are hit pretty hard by this, and I've thought some players go out to you. And certainly you mentioned on the website that wrestling is a tight-knit
2: community, and I think that that really speaks volumes to wrestling really coming up and supporting this uh, entire initiative to try to make sure that they get support.
0: Well, it's one thing. You, know, we, you saw what happened with Adam Fry when he had his accident and it was it found out that he had tumors, cancerous tumors in his body. The support for Adam Fry in his fight with cancer has been very well documented. He writes a very literate blog every day on adamfry.us. If you guys haven't checked that out, I'm going to pitch it in for there as well. But you know, people have come out and supported Adam. There's two shirts. I was wearing one the other day. The Super 32 auctioned off three bids for the tournament. And they went for over a thousand dollars. So people are willing in the wrestling community to step up and help. And this is one of those situations where it's not just one or two things we're asking for. It's we do take care of our own in a lot of ways, and that's one thing about this sport. You know, there's there's one such fan I don't get along with very well, and come to find out, he sent out my uh, my blog, you know, link to everybody, and I thought that was. You know, we can put our differences aside and really help out the sport. Sure, and I think
2: one of the great things that you lead into there is that when we're talking about wrestling 411 specifically, that is the vision that we have set up for wrestling 411. Is that we're asking for support, and the camps that we have had on board already are the critical element to making wrestling for one one a reality with the television, with the website, with the radio show that you're listening to now. And of course we have to make sure that we plug everyone that has supported this as far as a camp point of view. Uh, let's just go through the list. Jason, Frankie James from Campbellsville, Kale Sanderson, Iowa State, Bruce Burnett, Navy, Jay Robinson at the University of Minnesota, Kevin Dresser, Dresser, Virginia Tech, Mike Ritchie at Southern Oregon University, Brian Smith, Tiger Style Wrestling Camps, Martin Manning, Nebraska, Tom Brands, University of Iowa, and Troy Sunderland at Penn State, those are
0: some big names in our sport, Jason. Absolutely. And it's, I don't know if it's a coincidence or not, Kyle, but, um the chapeau today is one of our sponsors, oddly enough, Frankie James at Campbellsville, we'll, but we'll get him on the show while down the line, and of course, Tom Brands will be on the show tonight, we'll have Pat Santoro coming up on Thursday, we'll talk about that in a little bit, but one thing I'm really excited about is how the coaches have gotten behind us, and you know, are they're keeping us involved and we're keeping them engaged and that's kind of our goal here. Let's talk issues. I think when we head into the college season here,
2: there's one issue, one idea, one change that stands out from the rest and that's the qualification system which will be implemented this year. A lot of question marks on how this is going to play out. Roger Moore did an outstanding article in Wynn Magazine on the qualification system and how this is going to Possibly confused wrestling, I know you were heavily involved in this change. I know you're for it Jason, let's give a little explanation on what the qualification system is and how it's going to change the sport.
0: Well basically, the misconception is that it's going to reward the weaker conferences. Well, as a whole, that may seem correct, but that's not the case because you're only as strong as the wrestlers you have in it each year. One of the f- stipulations the coaches were worried about was how is a defending national champion, say from the Mid America Conference, help your conference get a bid three years down the line when that guy's no longer a factor. So, it, you know, what it's going to do is it's going to take your quality season. If you're wrestling well, and you beat some good guys, you're ranked, and you've got big wins, solid wins, you're going to go. Whether you have a bad weekend at the conference tournament or not, that is if you deserve to go. Uh, You know, Craig Henning is a guy that a lot of people like to bring up as, you know, one of the guys that would have gotten in. There's like six or seven guys, um, roughly, that could have gotten in under the new system this year. I'm not sure exactly what the numbers are. I wasn't exactly privy to all that information when I was at the NWCA, but... There's going to be some changes a little bit. You're going to see the big guns still get their, uh, the big guys in. Big 10 and Big 12 aren't going to lose anything over this, I assure you that, unless they just don't have a good year. Unless you got six guys that, that are decent and then the other five in the conference aren't very good, you're not going to get seven or eight bids out of that weight. That's one thing that it really does is it distributes the bids according to how good the talent is across the nation. So, for example, there's three ranked guys in the ACC that have stellar seasons. Well, prior to the qualifications, uh, the conference tournaments, they're going to get three bids. Those wrestlers don't get the bids, but the conference gets the three bids. So that wild card kid, the kid from Duke, for example, out of the ACC, has a great tournament, places top three. He's going to the show. So it doesn't eliminate a Cinderella situation, which a lot of people were worried about if they were just going to go with champions and then 220 at large. But what it's going to do is it's going to make sure the best kids are there. And, yeah, there's going to be one or two instances each year where a good kid's not going to go because of the system. But don't we talk about that in every sport? There's no playoff system in college football at the one, at the highest level. There are in the football championship subdivision, formerly known as one double There There is in Division two and Division three. The NAI has got a playoff system. The junior colleges have a playoff system. There's teams that complain about not getting in every year. The NCAA basketball championships at Division one field is 64. Now it's 65. And there's playing games, and then there's an NIT. And then now there's a CBI, so more teams are getting post-season, uh, you know, postseason play there. With wrestling, we actually have the ability to earn it ourselves. And that's one thing I love about this sport. You, know, you don't get named to an All-America team. You earn a spot at the Nationals as the top eight. You're not AP All-American in wrestling. You're NCAA Division One, Division Two, II, Division 3 All-American, NAI, or what have you. You wrestle to earn that spot. And what's going to happen to the system, good kids are going to go. And the good conferences are going to send their best kids, and the smaller conferences, or mid-major, a term I really don't like to use, those best kids are going to go if they deserve it. And the other thing that's going to be interesting
2: when you get that NCAA championship bracket is that each bracket is going to have 33 guys solid. Whereas sometimes you'd see 28-man brackets, you might see 36-man brackets based on the qualification. It's 33 throughout absolutely best 33
0: weight which could bring in some question marks on well how come this kid goes and he's under 500 at this weight and my kid who's 27 and 5 and by some reason didn't get in doesn't go it depends on the strength of weight the best 33 per weight it's not the best 330 wrestlers necessarily but the best 33 per weight If you want to group everybody, you can't rank the best 25-pound against the best heavyweight and say who the better wrestler is because there's a complete difference in styles. And this is what defeats, I think, that argument or that theory is, you've got the best 33, 25 pounders. Done. They're the best 33 in Division 1. I. I think Division 3 might be using this model later on. At least they're going to see how it works. And Division 2 is on a regional system, but Division 1's where this has been a powder keg quite a bit. And honestly, I think it's going to work because the numbers I saw last year, they're not going to see that big of a change in terms of who's going and who's not. Some conferences are going to lose bids. Some conferences aren't going to lose bids. Last year, uh, I believe the EIWA would not have sent as many wrestlers as they did to the tournament, while the ACC would have sent more. The West Region wouldn't have sent as many. The CAA would have sent a few more, and the MAC would have sent a few more, and the Big Ten and Big Twelve would have sent a few more. So it's a balanced system. Uh, honestly, I'm still all in the theory that you know a kid under 500 doesn't deserve an at-large bid for anything. You got to, I mean, yeah. if they win the tournament, that's one thing. They deserve to go, but. That's my my two cents there. Well, what's going to be interesting is to see
2: if this really makes a difference in getting some of these ACC, West Regional, East Regional schools to the point where they're in contention. Because right now, let's be honest, Jason, it's a Big 12 and Big 10 sport. Uh, no, no other team is going to get into those ranks. There's no way North Carolina State is going to win an NCAA title this year. There is no way that Wagner College is ever going to win an NCAA title just because of the system that is in place right now. But can this qualification
0: system change that? Potentially, if you've got a team of 10 really solid guys that can score points at the Nationals, and they're really that solid, they're going to get through and win your matches? Absolutely. Because once you get there, you've got, the shot, uh, you got a chance. I think it was, uh, I believe it was Bloomsburg sent five or six wrestlers a year ago, lost to Ohio University in a dual meet, and Ohio that year didn't send anybody. So you see the, the disparity it sometimes creates versus how strong teams are. Edinburgh qualified 10 wrestlers last year. That doesn't necessarily mean they were going to contend for a national championship. Right. If they sent 10 very, very good wrestlers, very strong wrestlers ranked in the top five, top six, yeah, then they got get a shot. And I think the same is said at any team that can carry seven, eight guys to the, the championship that actually deserve to be there, you know, it can change it a little bit. I don't see the str- the power leading the Big Ten or Big 12 anytime soon because those teams obviously put in more resources the schools are more supportive of wrestling and you're seeing that the smaller school well the university of virginia is hardly a small school in terms of enrollment but schools that don't have the wrestling tradition are having athletics directors and and whatnot show more interest in winning in wrestling and i think that's helping uh conferences like the acc the socon uh the mac and the caa so I think the misconception here is that this is only to help out the weaker conferences. That's not the case. It's basically to make sure the best kids, whatever school they attend, as the starter, you, know, you win the spot at Iowa, you're probably one of the best kids in the country, without a doubt. If you're the best kid at Wagner, who knows, but you've got an opportunity to prove that you deserve to be at that level. But I think another point that we need to bring up here
2: is that there needs to be more qualifiers. And I think if this sport is going to grow, it needs to get from 33-man brackets to 35-man to 40. So we're constantly progressing so the NCAA tournament gets bigger. And it won't add that much time at the NCAA tournament. I think that is something that we need to continually push the NCAA for because if this sport is going
0: to grow, we need more numbers. Well, there's a, two, that was a double-edged sword with that. That was one of the initial things that were suggested from the wrestling committee was adding 30 more qualifiers and make it a straight 360 across the board. 30 more solves all the problems. Like we've seen the list that put out every year the best kids that don't go to the Nationals and things like that. But honestly, the NCAA is not going to do that. They've shot it down several times. There's 86 teams in Division I. You're already gaining, Maybe I think there was only 13 teams in D1 that did not get a qualifier to Nationals. So there's programs that their only postseason competition in some sports is wrestling, whether it be one guy or whether it be four or whether it be all ten. The NCAA is not going to do that because I don't know exactly why, but I know one of the reasons is, is they flip the bill for all that travel. I know some fans will say, hey, make it open you know, and pay their own way, and that might add some things to it. NCAA is not going to do that. They've been very very helpful, honestly, in helping put together this qualification system. And that's one thing that everybody likes to take shots at them for, you know, not helping the sport or whatnot. But they've been very helpful in this situation in, in helping this process work and being open with the exception of the extra 30 qualifiers. We're already getting, what, 60%, 70% of the schools represented there already at the Division One level. And we're not seeing that in other sports either. either. So that's kind of in line with our championship model. Well, let's keep the qualification thought
2: throughout the season because this is going to be a hot topic because especially when it gets closer to deciding who the qualifiers are, there's going to be a lot of debate on whether someone deserves to be in, but we're going to see if this really is a fair system and we're going to be tracking this, and of course I know that Pat Sanpero has his thoughts on how this system is going to work. I talked to him briefly a few weeks ago, and he likes the system. He likes what uh, what's going on here because when he was at Maryland, he felt that pressure where you want to build a championship team, but your conference
0: simply won't let you based on the qualifiers. Well, some of the, the problem with the old system was the, the historical value in it, whereas a school or a conference could have 28, 30-ranked guys and only get 12, 13. Uh, where's, where's the fairness in that? Whereas, okay, I won one match at one tournament got beat twice, and I'm going to the tournament uh, with, with a 500 record. You know, Grant, you could argue the conference, but what about that non-conference schedule? Just because you're wrestling at a power conference doesn't necessarily mean you've wrestled a tough schedule outside of whatever that power conference might be. So, I mean, no program, may I mean, there's a couple of programs that you and I can probably both think of at the top of our head that don't wrestle the toughest of schedules, but are in the tough conferences that you routinely get bids. But where it helps is, where was I? I'm getting on a rant with this thing, man. Where it helps the smaller conference again is... Instead of that worry about one bad weekend, uh, let's see Drew Forshie at North Carolina was ranked most of his college career. First round the ACC tournament two years ago, gets upset by a kid from Duke, places third. Guess what? He's not going. So you have a bad match in the MAC. You have a bad match in the SoCon. You have a bad match in the East Region. You're not going. One bad match, you could be 41 and 0 and finish. You know, blow your knee out, Joe Karamanica. Another kid at NC State last year was, had a tremendous season. Hurt his knee at the conferences, boom, done. You know, takes fourth. Could have gotten a bid, could have gotten a wild card if he was healthy. But two losses, one bad weekend, uh, bye. No chance. See ya. Your whole season meant nothing. So I think it takes away the slip-up. And it also takes the, the drama out of a wild card situation where you're having these meetings where, like, for example, last year, Andrew Novak at, Central, at Eastern Michigan upset Luke Smith, to make the MAC finals, loses to Nick Bedellian from Kent State, and the wild card meeting comes around. Smith gets the bid, Novak doesn't, and Novak beat him. So it takes that type of drama out of the situation. It lets the wrestlers handle it if they've had the seasons and they've had been able to perform. Yeah, if you have a bad conference tournament, you have you drop a match, you're a little dinged up, and, and you don't perform as well. I just think this is a, a way to correct that, to basically reward an entire season. You're listening to Wrestling 411 Radio.
2: I am Kyle Klingman, along with Jason Bryant. We are discussing the qualification system that is in place, and we need to look to the future to something else, Jason. Spend a couple minutes talking about this, and that is the All-Star Meet, which will be in Columbus, Ohio, November 24th. I've gotten to the point where I'm not a fan of the All-Star Meet anymore. I think it's become kind of routine, guys- Put so much stock into something that has simply become an exhibition. I've seen it at the Kaufman Brand tournament where they're wrestling through the tournament and then they four foot matches because they want to save themselves for the all star meet. Well, Kaufman Brand's also at 3 o'clock in the morning when you're wrestling. The that's a bit of a <laughs> but that's a long day. It is a long day. But I think a lot of the point being that this is not supposed to count for anything yet it means everything to these
0: guys. Well, it, I take a little different approach. I think it's it's history. It's traditional. This is the 43rd year they've had this thing. East West All-Star Classic. Dan Gable wrestled in this thing. Kale Sanderson wrestled it. All the greats have wrestled in this thing. Bruce Bumgartner wrestled in this thing twice. Wrestled Dan the Beast Severn. Of UFC and, and WWF fame, and also with some Steve Backer, Death Williams. So it creates some exciting matches. Last year we saw Mike Poletta and Craig Henning go at it with a fall. Tavel DeWagnev of Nebraska Kearney Division Two got a chance to wrestle ad one All American. I think it's history, and it's 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 a real showcase of what our sport's about. Some of the matches might be a little slow. Some of them might be wide open. You know, you get a chance a couple of years ago. Emmett Wilson, Montana State Northern, you know, Hodge Trophy winner had a chance to basically show who he was on a national stage with the All-Star Classic, and we're looking at the lineups now. There's been a couple changes, just like there always are, but, you know, number one Mike Pusillo from Ohio State was a late you know, late scratch, and he's been replaced by Lewis Caputo of Harvard and All-Americans to get number three and number four, but historically, this is a big event. It was moved a couple of years ago from midseason to the early season because a lot of it was, well, why should we wrestle in the All-Star? It doesn't count. It's not going to help proceeding why wrestling well, we moved to the beginning of the year, the spirit did and made it a kickoff and it's still a great spectacle last year at Oregon, we were trying to save that program doing the best we could there and brought out almost you know forty five hundred fans to watch it in the pit, which is you know their basketball arena there Matt Court that was a good exciting match. We had some exhibitions that got the kids from Oregon State and Southern Oregon involved if the fair you know a Monday night makes it tough sometimes but I still think the showcase aspect of it's there. we else are you going to see these type of matchups? Sure, the NCAA Finals. It's the only place you're going to find you know, 20 ranked guys and 10 weights. And it's not that I dislike it. It's that I think it just should count.
2: I think that when you go out there and you put yourself on the line in that situation, that it should count on your record. I know that when selecting the Dan Hodge Trophy winner, it counts, which I think it should. Even though they say it's an exhibition, it does count for the Dan Hodge Trophy, which I agree with. I think all matches in the ESL in a singlet should count, and and I think that the exhibition aspect of the All Star Meet takes away from some of the urgency of the
0: of the All Star Meet. Well, for some, uh, we were discussing this on the, uh, you know the car at lunch. we were saying how sometimes the All Star Meet can be the only time these two ranked guys will meet because their schedules you know don't work out, and you know sometimes guys like to get a chance to you know you know fill out their opponent and see what they can do besides just watching tape the entire time. So, yeah, I think it has its benefits to the wrestlers, too. Obviously, the ranking situation, uh, that's something I actually agree with you on. I know that you know, having coordinated the rankings the last three years kind of hurt not looking at that, especially when number two beats number one, and then they won't meet again yep. during the season. Say Jake Varner and Hudson Taylor are both undefeated throughout the year, and hypothetically Taylor upsets Varner. Well, if they go undefeated throughout the year... One set of rankings gonna have you know Varner number one, the other sets gonna have Taylor number one. So it does create a little bit of a little bit of talk there in terms of the what counts and what doesn't count. Yeah. I don't have a problem with it not counting, but I definitely understand the reason why people think it should count. But at the same point, it's an invitational type of event. Uh, you know, actually it's I don't think now if if it counted, even with a new qualification system, it wouldn't hurt because that's a good RPI percentage, but those other wrestlers don't have that opportunity. So it can be looked at as a benefit if you're counting it. Well, he's got that win over him. I didn't get the opportunity to him. I wanted to wrestle So that's the other side of it.
2: You're listening to Wrestling 411 Radio.
0: I'm Kyle Klingman with Jason
2: Bryant. We are going to take our first break of this inaugural edition of Wrestling 411 Radio. When we come back, we're going to have University of Iowa head wrestling coach Tom Brands next on Wrestling 411 Radio
0: a woo a hand-clapper, a high-fiver. I kind of like the high-five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At ChumbaCasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino-style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses, so don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at ChumbaCasino.com.
1: No purchase necessary. BDW. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18+. plus. A TV, we are back online
2: with Wrestling 411 Radio And you are listening to the inaugural edition of our show. It's November 11th. I'm Kyle Klingman, alongside Jason Bryant. And Jason, we have our very first guest of the inaugural show. Who better to kick it off with than the champion of champions, returning a team champion, University of Iowa, dominated the NCAA tournament, really dominated the season. Other than one loss to Oklahoma State, we might get into that with Tom Brands, but Tom Brands, I want to say thank you for coming on the program and being our first guest on this historic show. Thanks for being on here.
1: No problem. I think some people would probably argue with you uh, that there's probably some that are better, but I'll take that as a fine compliment. Thanks.
2: First of all, I want to ask you this. You are one of the sponsors of this show. Tell us why you're on board with the 411. 411.
1: It's a concept that is hatched by a wrestling mind for wrestling people. Um, there's nothing but good that comes out of it. I mean, it's all, it's all wrestling-related. It's like uh, Intermat. It's like themat.com, except for it focuses entirely on collegiate wrestling, and it is all um, uh, encompassing as far as video, TV, radio, uh, website, that type of thing.
0: Let's set up the
2: history here, Tom. 2000 was the last NCAA tournament that the University of Iowa won before last year. You came back for the 2006-2007 season. You lead the Hawkeyes to an eighth-place finish last year. You won an NCAA tournament in your second year as coach. Talk about what it's like to win an NCAA tournament and then follow it up this year, knowing that some complacency might set in for the University of Iowa. Um, I don't, I don't, it might, I mean complacency
1: is, is uh, laziness, and I don't think we have lazy guys on, on our team. I think uh, I think where where we might get the um, rail a little bit is is development. Um, we lost two weight classes that were critical to us winning last year: one sixty five, Mark Perry, and heavyweight Matt Fields. If we can replace those two guys, and I feel like we're in good shape to do that, um, we're, uh, we're we're back on track, and we still have to widen the gap. I mean, that means that. Even a national champion uh, that's returning has to get better as well. with Medcalf. So uh, the challenge it is to um to eliminate complacency or not have complacency. But the challenge is even more than that. The challenge is to widen the gap and to keep moving forward. I guess you don't look at complacency that might be uh, in a sense looking backwards, and it may happen. It may have happened um, celebration-wise too long, meaning guys were focused too long on uh, the accomplishment instead of looking ahead sooner, but by now it's been ironed out and we'll have to wait
2: and see. You talked about Brent Metcalf and he is really the heart and soul of this team as far as his accomplishments. NCAA champion last year, wins the Outstanding Wrestling Award at the NCAA Tournament, wins the Dan Hodge Trophy. A lot of talk right now in wrestling is that Brent Metcalf can go undefeated for the rest of his career there's a lot of talk right now about that how are you instilling in the brett metcalf that you know what we got to stop listening to that talk and you have to focus on every match as it comes is he under that mindset that he's going to go undefeated or is he even looking that far ahead
1: i don't think he's geared that way i think he takes them one at a time and right now we're, we're gearing up for november 21st and then you, know, you probably look ahead to uh to an exciting or a peak match, meaning a match that's a big time match, and you're looking ahead to Columbus, Ohio, on the 24th, that's the All-Star Meet. Uh, but when you, when you're looking ahead, you're not looking ahead, uh, as you're getting ready. I mean, you wrestle each match as they come up, and, uh, that's really a, a no-brainer, but it is something that you have to, you have to address if you see something that's Caddy Walkers and right now, uh, he, he's very focused and very intent on what he's doing, and we don't worry too much about Brett Metcalf. We bring him along every day and try to get him better, but he does that pretty good by himself.
2: We're talking with Tom Brands, head wrestling coach at the University of Iowa, and we're listening to Wrestling 411 Radio. And, Tom, one of the weight classes that is interesting right now for you is 131 pounds because you have two returning starters, Alex Sertzis, who two years ago placed seventh, and last year... You had Dan LeClaire who filled in for Alex Surtis who opted to take a redshirt year. These guys are going to be battling head to head for this spot. Any idea early on who you see as the favorite in that spot at 141 pounds?
1: Uh, no, no favorite. Um, they'll solve that between them. Um, you know, right now Surtis is, is healthy and he'll be wrestling. He, he wrestling in the wrestle-off. Dan LeClaire hasn't been 100% healthy. He's getting stronger every day. Uh, they'll, they'll both be on the mat shortly, and we'll figure that out as we go. Um, we tell our guys that the the, the way that we're going to solve this isn't necessarily head to head, and it may come down to that, but not necessarily. Meaning that there's a lot of there's a lot of other barometers. There's there's tournaments where they will be head to head. There's uh, there's some dual meets that are coming up here that are um, critical when you're talking about uh, big matchups that can swing. Uh, maybe an opinion of the coach one way or the other and who's going to be stepping in the lineup. And, uh, we talk about it all the time. The guy who goes out and attacks, he gives himself the best chance to win. Uh, it may come down to uh, an appointment type thing where we're pointing at one guy and you're, you're the go-to guy because you're giving, you're giving yourself the best chance to win. So, uh, right now, uh, both coming along, and there's no reason not to believe in either one of them. We believe wholeheartedly in either one of them, and they'll decide it among themselves.
2: 133 pounds, you have a returning NCAA championships runner-up and Joyce Slayton, but he did not wrestle in the wrestle-offs. Can you give us any indication as to why?
1: Why is uh, there's one, one answer, and that's weight control. Um, it wouldn't have uh, done him any good to, to make the weight. He, he could have made the weight, um, but we want to do it right. And, uh, he also is going to be in the All-Star meet and, you know, we're gearing toward that, but he will, he will wrestle on the 21st. He'll have, uh, he'll have one match on the 21st. Dan Dennis will get, uh, will get, uh, three matches and Joe Slayton will get one match and, um, we'll get him ready for that All-Star meet on the 24th and then that next weekend we're at the Journeyman Duels in New York and we'll have four dual meets out there and, and Dan Dennis will still be, uh, our number one guy and um, and we'll figure
2: it out from there. We're talking with Tom Brands, head wrestling coach at the University of Iowa, and you're listening to Wrestling 411 Radio. And, Tom, one of the situations you talked about, losing two of your starters, and one of them was Mark Perry, NCAA champion, two-time NCAA champion, 165 pounds. You are filling in right now with what looks like Ryan Morningstar. Is that going to be a spot he's going to keep for the remainder of the season?
1: Uh, right now... Um You know, you look at this, you look at this situation and first of all, you can't replace Martin Perry because Martin Perry is Martin Perry. He was a gamer in the true sense of the word. He got up for, for the postseason and he was money in the postseason. Um, he had a couple slips here and there, but he just wasn't geared to get up for every match every time. It's just not how he was geared. And he put a lot of emphasis, um, and differentiated between maybe a rinky-dink dual meet or a dual meet that doesn't mean anything. In his eyes to postseason. So you're not going to replace that postseason presence to Mark Perry. That's the first thing. Um, you know, Ryan Morningstar, can he do that? Absolutely. From a, from a performance point of view and a point scoring point of view, he can do that. Um, it's really not a matter of if he's going to stay there or not. It's a matter of what he wants to do and, and what's his best chance to, to score points for himself. And his best chance to represent himself at the highest level. Um, we're not really dictating where he's going to go with weight classes, at least not yet. And um, I don't know if it'll change or not. Um, we have Colby Covington, who's not healthy either right now, and uh, he'll actually sit the first date for suspension uh, for some trouble that he got into anyway. So you know we're not going to see him on the mat until until a journeyman duel. So. You know, even if even then. So, you know, there's a lot to be figured out, and we're not in a hurry. We're very patient, and we go to the Midlands, and we got the national duels, and we got some um, events coming up that are going to straighten things out for us. But that's where we're at.
2: We're at the heaviest two rates, 197 and 285. It's an area where the University of Iowa lacks some consistency. Matt Fields was there last year, finally got an All American honor at fifth place, did not place the previous three years. Chad Beatty moved up to the 197-pound weight class. What do you see out of these guys? Are these guys going to provi- provide the consistency at 197, 285 that the Hawkeyes
1: need to win an NCAA title? Well, that would be if they, if they, uh, if they, if you could snap your fingers and say it's going to happen, that would be a, uh, you know, a huge asset. But we don't make predictions. Uh, you know, it's up to them. But we feel good about them. Uh, Chad Beatty. Did not certify at 84. He's not going 84. He has not weighed in at 84. And last year he weighed in at 74 and certified at 74. We actually kept him close so we could go back down if we had to for a couple for a couple weigh-ins where he was wrestling not even 84. He was wrestling 97. So he's definitely put on some size. Um, you know, you see you see the the um, you know the correlation with his size and the success in the wrestling room. Uh, but but we'll, you know it remains to be seen. And like I said, I mean that's up to him. And we feel good about him. Uh, Dan Erickson, same same thing. He's put on some size. Um, he's much bigger than he was last year. He's a he's a heavyweight uh, in weight. Um, not just moving up, but he's actually increased his size. So they're giving themselves the best chance.
2: We are talking with Tom Brands, head wrestling coach of the University of Iowa, and you're listening to Wrestling Four One One Radio. And I want to look to the future a little bit. In that date of December sixth, when you wrestle Iowa State University at Carver-Hawkeye Arena, are there thoughts of selling this dual meet out and setting the record that Minnesota set in 2002?
1: That's what we're after. I mean, the the promotion um, marketing department, Rick Klatt, his office, and and uh, you know they want to. I think it's 15,800 would get the record. Uh, Minnesota has it at 15.7 something if I remember right. I'm not sure what the number is. Uh, so we are promoting it for that. We are selling, uh, we are selling standing room only tickets around the, the uh, top of the concourse and the gold rail there. So, you know, it's got potential to have a wild atmosphere, but we have to do our job as well. And, uh, you know, Iowa State, they, they like their team. They like their team this year and, uh, we like our team. So, going to be about the right things. it's going to be about who uh, who can come out uh, firing and hitting holes and and uh and putting guys down hard at, at
2: each weight and we all know that the ncaa tournament is the ultimate that's what everyone peeks for that's what everyone wants that's what everyone's going to say that they're pointing to but realistically tom how much does it mean to your guys to come out and beat iowa state in this dual meet
1: you know what? It's a, it's a big dual meet. It's a, it's an event that you get up for and when it's over, you learn from it and you go on and you get ready for you and I am at next Thursday, five days later. So, uh, it, it is, it is a big dual meet. It's, it's, uh, it's an interstate rival. Uh, they're ranked in the top two or even one at one poll. They're one, two and three, I think, at three different polls. I think we're one, one and two in those three polls. Um, you know, it's it's big as far as rankings go, braking rights, those types of things. And uh, you know, our our guys our guys uh they do get up for it and, and just like their guys do as well. We're talking
2: with Tom Brands, head wrestling coach of the University of Iowa, and you're listening to Wrestling Four One One Radio. And Tom, we are in the inaugural show of Wrestling 411 Radio and we're going to try a new segment here we're going to lock you into the hot box and we're going to give you five questions hopefully they make you sweat Tom Brands are you ready for your five hot box questions?
1: I am what, what, who's the next guest though? is it Pat Santoro?
2: St- next Thursday uh, he
1: had a big win you know he's got another big match with Pittsburgh so you, you follow I'm it close a lot more than I am so I'm, I'm ready though I'm ready alright
2: hot box question number one General George Armstrong Custer, hero or villain?
1: Neither. He's, uh, he's, he's, over, he's over scrutinized. He was a capable officer and he made a mistake and that mistake was not his alone. That mistake, uh, there's a lot of things that led to that mistake, but he was a very capable officer and he was a true hero in the Civil War, a true hero in the Civil War.
2: During your first year as the head coach at Iowa, you forfeited the last weight class during the Northwestern and Minnesota dual meets. Dan Gable did the same thing during the Penn State dual in 1997 when Karen McCoy was heavyweight and Wes Ham was a freshman. If the Iowa style is domination, why forfeit weight classes?
1: Because the number one thing that you're looking out for is the individual. Um, if, If the dual meets on the line, it might, it might be a different situation. But, again, you, you don't want to, I mean, ideally you're not sending guys out to not get pinned. You're sending guys out to win. And if it's an overwhelming task because of where they're at and their stage in the career, you're looking out for the individual first.
0: Coach Branch, Jason Bryant, jumping in here for question three.
1: How you doing? I'm having a little trouble here in guys you've
0: got in your room, the Metcalfs, the Slaytons. But of all the names that, that are constantly mentioned, who is the hardest-working guy in the room that na- that's name never gets mentioned?
1: I'm having trouble hearing you, Jason Bryant. I'm having trouble
0: hearing you. All right, question again was, who's the toughest guy in your room that most people don't know about?
1: Uh, Are you talking about in the past? Right now. Right now is probably Grant Gamble. We like him. We like him a lot. He comes to work. Uh, He's got some some areas to work on, but uh, a lot of people don't know about him, and he is a freshman.
2: Question number four, if you were in a foxhole, Tom Brands, and you could have two people by your side, what two people would you choose?
1: Tom Brands Sr., my dad, and my brother, Terry Brands.
2: Question number five, outside of anything wrestling-related, nothing wrestling here, Tom, what accomplishment are you most proud of?
1: Uh, Having a wife that's unbelievably supportive, and actually between the two of us, we have three kids that are I hate, I hate to uh, give him too much credit because I don't want him to,
2: to stop doing the right thing, but we are proud of him. Tom Brands, you're out of the hot box. Hope you're not sweating too bad.
1: I'm not. I got a little bit of my upper lip, but I'm pretty good.
2: Well, I think it might be past your bedtime, but I appreciate you coming on the program tonight and being our first guest. I'll tell you what, I think that uh, Iowa's on for a good season, no matter if you win it or not. I think uh, the University of Iowa's uh, going to entertain us this year, I hope.
1: Well, we have guys that they—they they really like to wrestle and they really like to attack, so I appreciate that. And and we'll see you when we see you. And Jason Bryant, good to, good to talk to you as well. Thanks.
2: Tom Brands, head wrestling coach, University of Iowa, our first guest on the Wrestling 411 radio. And Jason, of course, anytime you talk about Tom Brands, you don't really even have to ask questions. You just let him go and he'll tell you all you need to. And if I had my choice to pick who's going to win the...
0: NCAA tournament this year. I'm going to University of Iowa. Uh, you, what are your betting odds on that? Because that, that on paper, it seems like a safe bet. But there's one thing we know: I've got to play devil's advocate here just a little bit because we all saw what happened with the Gophers last year, returning national champs, all those points coming back, and it didn't happen that way. So, granted, I think this Iowa team is is pretty pretty impressive on all levels, even though they do lose the two starters, including Perry. But you know, right now, it's it's theirs to lose. And it's not like they have to give it away, and then other people take it from them. It's going to have to be a little bit of both because Iowa State's got some good points coming in. Ohio State's got some good points. You know, if, if Iowa falters here and there, it's possible. But right now, they're, they're obviously the pronounced favorite.
2: They are the favorite. And you mentioned it, that Iowa State has a good team. I'll tell you what, you want to talk about balance in a wrestling team. To me, that's Iowa State. They just don't really have any holes going in right now.
0: Very few holes, Coach Sanderson's team. All those, all those great, great freshman class that he had a couple years ago, they're all juniors now, and they're all – that's it's, it's scary when you think about it. I mean, the fact is the, the litmus test for this season could be right there in Iowa City with Iowa State versus Iowa that first weekend of December. So I'm excited to see that and you know how those individual matches go. Don't really tell the story because we know the sport's all about matchups and how you wrestle Mitch Mueller might be different. Well, 49's a bad example. How you wrestle Kyler Sanderson might be how you wrestle uh, 157, whether it be Colby Covington or Ryan Morningstar, differently. So,
2: Well, let's talk about this a little more. We're going to take a second break here on Wrestling 411 Radio. We're going to be back in a few minutes with more with Jason Bryant and Kyle Klingman on Wrestling 411 Radio. We are back with Wrestling 411 Radio. I am Kyle Klingman, joined by Jason Bryant. And we had our first guest of the program, and that was Tom Brands, University of Iowa head wrestling coach, and got a lot out of him. I thought that it was interesting, especially at 133. Sounds like uh, right now Daniel Dennis might be the guy, Jason.
0: Well, a lot of Hawkeye fans have been kind of alluding to that, saying that if if Slayton's a no-go, Dennis is just as capable. And I, I kind of agree with that statement to a point. Obviously, Dennis doesn't have the credentials just yet, but does have some good wins in his career. One thing that, uh, about brands though is whenever he, we, we interview him, I feel like I need to put on, put on some running shoes and, and get in the wrestling room or something or, or go for a run because you can just hear the intensity come through the, come through the phone there. And that's one thing I remember I interviewing him in, out in uh, 2005 in, in, in Sioux City for the world team trials. And I asked him a question about was there anything different in the training of his athletes? from when they were training in Blacksburg to when they were training in, in Iowa City, and he just looked at me, stared a hole through me. As nothing is different. It was just one of those classic Brandt quotes that, uh, you know, you just get fired up listening to him. So it was a great, great chance to have him on the show. And as far as the 33-pound situation goes, Dan Dennis has been off the mat for a little while. So yeah. it, it, see if he's in actual mat shape is one thing. He could be doing well in the room, but... We'll have to see come the Northeast Doles and come, uh, come the events that Iowa's got early on their schedule. He's very capable, but is he proven yet? And I think 141 pounds is also
2: interesting, not only in the Iowa program, but just nationwide. And here you have two guys, both four-time state champions, Alex Surtis from Indiana, Dan LeClerc right up the road four-time state champion from Iowa and you have these two guys going head-to-head trying to make the team this year and if Alex Surtzes doesn't make the team at 141 pounds in some ways you would have to question a little bit about his decision to redshirt last year instead of just getting through a senior year your thoughts on who's going to make
0: the lineup at 141 pounds for the University of Iowa Jason yeah, that's one of those questions it's obviously tough. it's yeah, tough very tough I wouldn't want to make that decision but thankfully again this is sport where we wrestle our way into these decisions. We, they'll settle it on the mat, which is one thing I do like about it. One thing, as far as searches goes, I've seen him wrestle a long time. I, I'm not that familiar with LeClaire in terms of watching him wrestle from, a, you know, from a, a cadet and a junior where I've paid more attention, I guess, to searches because of his pedigree, I guess. Uh, it's hard to tell because after LeClaire's 0-2 tournament last year at the NCAA Championships, it kind of puts a little bit of doubt in there. In terms of, is this the guy that they want wrestling here? But Sertis, you know, has placed once with, you know, the big hoopla coming out of high school. But, you know, right now I don't see anyone a pronounced favorite over the other, with the exception of Sertis does have, you know, the stand. He's been, been on the podium yes. before. So, if anything, that's an advantage. He knows how to get there. But in terms of, you know, there, there's vast inconsistency there at times, and there's also... You know great progress it seems you can see a great win one week and a not so in a, in a not so great win or an ugly loss the next. So I think that the issue is consistency within the weight, regardless of who it is. I think whoever's the most consistent will get the spot, you know obviously with wrestle off pending
2: well, outside of Iowa, let's talk about the n c state open. There was a big match in a big weight class, and that's the one hundred and thirty nine pound weight class arguably the toughest weight class in the nation right now, and Darren Caldwell comes out on top and beats a very tough Lance Palmer in the finals 2-1. to Not the offensive display that we are used to out of Darren Caldwell of North Carolina State, but he gets an important win nonetheless, setting them up for the rest of the season. Your thoughts on Darren Caldwell and
0: what he can bring to the season because we know that Darren Caldwell can entertain. Well, he can entertain, as you wrote today on wrestling TV. But the one thing I found interesting about the match with Palmer is he won that match wrestling Palmer's style of match. Palmer did not wrestle Caldwell's style of match, whereas, mm-hmm. you know, high offense, high scoring, like we saw with Ryan Lang, of course, and I hate to use that word legendary, but memorable probably, the most yeah. memorable quarterfinal in, in recent memory there in Auburn Hills. But Caldwell, he's flashy, but... He really impressed me last year with his ability to ride in that victory over Dustin Schlater, and that's something that I, I didn't realize he had in him. I knew he was electrifying. We didn't see him too much because he had 23 falls, and 21 of those were in the first period right. last year. So seeing him wrestle these type of matches and win these type of matches can only do wonders for his confidence. Yeah, he likes to be electrifying, but at the same point, he beat the fifth-ranked wrestler in the country, returning All-American in his style of match, a low-scoring two-to-one, riding time type of match. And, yeah, he was ranked above Palmer fourth and fifth according to the preseason rankings. Some people might have viewed this as an upset because the style matchup, you know, you're not going to pin Palmer very easily, if, if at all. So, Well, and let's talk about last year. Of course, he has
2: the big pin, over Brent Metcalf, and in pinning Brent Metcalf, of course, Brent Metcalf went on to win the Dan Hodge Trophy, and he gave the Dan Hodge Trophy winner of a Division One, Nick Ackerman won the Dan Hodge Trophy in 2001, but of Division One competition, it's the only wrestler to have a loss on their resume, and Darian Caldwell was the person that handed Brent Metcalf that Splayed a loss. I've seen the match. I don't
0: think it was a fall, but nonetheless, that's that's it's history. But it's for discussion. And I, I've been trying to keep count. I think you said Brent's full name like seventeen times already. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> just got to keep it light. But I don't. You know, that's anybody that's got it. You know, you beat somebody like that, regardless of what it is. That the outcome's it's done and over with. I mean, you can't. You can argue it all you want, but the L's still there, and Caldwell's the one to put it there. But as we're seeing, like you said, 149 pounds. Not as deep as it was last year, but let's see: one, two, three, four, five, six are, were all Americans. Then you got guys, dangerous guys in there like Jake Patasco from Purdue, Will Rowe of Oklahoma, Kyle Russell moving up a weight class for Wisconsin, Caesar Gahollis at Penn, Mitch Mueller, Iowa State. I mean, just the whole weight. Very, I mean, Mike Roberts, the guy that beat Dustin Schlater last year in the in the Southern Scuffle that made all those headlines—well, internet headlines—ranked 17th to start of the year. So. Anything can happen that way, class. Let's make sure we give a plug to the wonderful music we had at the introduction of the
2: show. Jason, you got this music for us. It's awesome what you did. Give us an idea on who, uh, who made this music for us.
0: Well, some of you might know it as, as T.P. and Esco, but half of the duo, Travis Picard, a uh, guy out of Michigan, wrestled at the Citadel along with his uh, partner in crime, Michael Arias, also a wrestler at the Citadel, like I said, uh, known as T.P. and Esko. Well, Travis put that together. I, I called him up or shot him an email rather and said hey uh we're looking for a theme song for this radio show and you know he didn't even bat an eye at wrestling helping wrestling and you know just glad to have him on board with the support as soon as i heard you know basically sent us a, a demo version of the song and i'm like all right that's something else awesome so big thanks to travis picard out there in uh citadel bulldog alum you know coach rob yearling down there and in, in the charleston area south carolina michael arias tp go. check him out uh, it's myspace.com slash tpnesco. That's a shameless plug. If I got that wrong, uh, yeah, Travis can basically, I don't know, double leg me through a phone or something.
2: And one last plug for our sponsors. Campbellsville, Iowa State, Navy, Minnesota, Virginia Tech, Southern Oregon, Missouri, Nebraska, Iowa, Penn State, have all jumped on board for Wrestling 411. We couldn't do it without them. We thank all of those coaches for getting behind this wonderful project that we have, radio, television, Website. Check us out on wrestling four one one tv. We're going to have an archive of the show, hopefully up tomorrow, Jason. And uh, we're excited about the uh, the concept of the show.
0: Absolutely. And uh, hopefully we can get this straight working out. This is our first time through this, so gracious host or our, our host here at Kaug Radio, Kaug Augsburg College Radio. We haven't mentioned them yet, but uh, this is our this is our digs. It's hot as hot as anything in here, dude. I yeah. mean, I guess they got to keep the, the the equipment one, I haven't been in a radio studio for ooh, I don't know how long, but KOG stepped up, and our whole staff here have been very supportive. Other than the finding a place to park, and the unfortunate ice that's coming down here in Minneapolis, Minnesota, but you know everybody's been very helpful here at KOG, and Travis Picard helping out our whole staff, wrestling and 411, Janie Lenz. Coach Robinson, Austin Schanfeld, all those guys that are helping out make this possible. You, the fans, by listening in, it's just a real pleasure to be able to do this. And, uh, you know, we're we're only going to get better. For Jason Bryant,
2: I'm Kyle Klingman. You've listened to the very first show of Wrestling 411 Radio. Check us out November 13th with Pat Santos, our guest. Thanks for listening.